Welcome to part two of this out-of-line discussion with Autumn Reeser. I, I love all of this, but before you go, I do want to ask you some actual questions. You know, some real questions. I'm okay. just going to pull my questions. Um, the first one. Okay, so actually this is, I'm most, I'm most excited about this question with you because you're someone who is known before social media was even a thing. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's some crazy shit. So almost everyone else that's been on here so far is um, is someone who has kind of developed a presence because of oh, social media. Okay, okay, okay. So you're someone who you were known already because of the acting world. Um, do you call it something else besides acting world? Yeah, you I call it that. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Well, so you you were known because of acting world, and then social media became a thing. So, kind of, where was your entrance into social media, and did you even really notice it when it when it came out because you were already? Um, I was. I mean, I was on Facebook, but I used Facebook as as a just like connecting with my friends from high school type of thing, you know. It, and then Julie Benz got me into Twitter when I was on a show called No Ordinary Family for ABC. She had. I remember it was forty eight thousand followers, and I was like, "You just post a photo, and it goes out to forty eight thousand people. What is this thing that's happening there?" Um, but she was really enthusiastic about it in the ways that it had started to support her career, and so. Um, so I joined because of that. And I look back at all my initial stuff and it was like, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. So I'm pretty sure my first posts were like 25 things you don't know about me. Like it was really like, you know, a bunch of bullshit stuff that they were running in magazines at the time. And it was just, it was very calculated. Cause I felt, I was like, what is, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to say? To, what do people want? To, why do people want to hear from me? I don't know. I mean, do you even know the answer to those questions? No, now? I don't. I don't. <laughs> now I, I don't. <laughs> now I just do post what I like, okay. you know, and that's really what it is. And what what is what is motivating me right now? What's keeping me positive? Like, but at the time, I was so I just didn't know. I don't know. It was it was a it was a process. It's something I've come to reluctantly. Like even even now, the whole like Instagram story thing, I'm not great at. I have a ton of actress friends who are amazing at it, who I find incredibly inspired. Busy Phillips is genius at it because she's so open and authentic and she just, you know, chats about her day. But that's who she is as a person too. And she's able to to do that in a public sphere so beautifully in a way that is authentic and uplifting and also makes you feel not alone too. And so I'm really inspired by the people who can do it like that. I just don't, for me, I don't think about it during the day. I'm not a big technology person in general. Like, you know, I'm not watching a lot of TV. I'm not on my phone all day. Like I, I, I realize it's part of my career and I actually do enjoy doing it when I plug into it. But I, I put my phone away when I'm with my friends or when I'm with my kids. Like I'm in, I'm with the people who I'm with. So therefore sometimes I can get to the end of the day and go, Oh, I didn't do this thing that I should be doing for my career. Um, so it's a balance of that. I think in general, I try to post something once a day. And I also notice for me, if I'm not, it's then I'm not 
looking for reasons to be grateful in my day. So I actually use it as part of like a personal spiritual practice too. Because if I get to the end of the day and I haven't posted anything, I'm like, well, I'm not showing up and paying attention to the things that are beautiful and good. I didn't show up for that cup of coffee or for the five minutes I had to read that book or for, you know, watching my kid in his music class and what what that could have been, that I wasn't present enough for it. So I use it in that way too. Whether or not I choose to post those moments is something separate, but I use it as a, as a conscious conscious uh, way of staying grateful. Mm. Did you feel any sort of shift in awareness of you or who you were when social media came out since, um, you know, since there was kind of a knowing of who you were, was it like all of a sudden you had a really big following because people already knew who you were and it wasn't that you had to generate kind of content. Um, I mean, it was so different when I was starting out. It wasn't like, like now you can use it as a platform and as a creative, uh, enterprise. And that just wasn't what it was when it was first starting out. It was basically like when I first started out in the, in the acting world, we had black and white headshots and then eventually they shifted to, to color and it wasn't a big, like, Whoa, everything's changing. It was just like, Oh, now people are using color. It, it was, it, it was the same way with social media where it was like, Oh, now there's this thing called this. Now there's this thing called this. And then I remember at one point we got Social media training, which was what year was this? Whoa. Yeah, it was the that was the first time that I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, there's people hired for a social. It was I think it was 2008, a movie I did in 2008. I want to say where they it was a movie I did for MTV, and they sent in like a social media team and sat down with all of us and were like, here's the things that we want you to post, and here are the things that you're not allowed to post, and blah blah blah. So at the beginning of it, there was a lot of like control from the from the studios, from whoever you were working with, about how they wanted you to do it, what you allowed to say what you were allowed to repost, what you were not allowed to repost, which I don't think happens quite as much now, but definitely, I think everyone was trying to figure it out for a long time. Everyone's just like, what is this? And how do we implement it into this world of entertainment that we're already working in? Well, it's, it's evolved so quickly that it is almost impossible to even figure out what it is before it changes shape again. Yeah. And even then I would question whether we've actually ever figured out what it is because it it's just this this thing that came so into nebulous. our realities and like I mean I, even in my relationship with with Jaden I've been with him for I don't even know how many years but I think the number of years we've had social media is only for about half our relationship and so even the fact that I can look back and think wow there was a before social media and after social media in our relationship. And it totally changed my, my life, my relationship, my, like everything is different. And so you can feel the effects of it, but you're sort of like, how? This has been an interesting thing about dating is the, the, the phone thing. It's like, cause everybody has a different relationship to their phone. And like some people have like showed up at the front door to pick me up, like on their phone. And I've been like, Mm-mm, mm-mm, <laughs> do, you, do you just close the door and go mm-mm. bye? I'm like, I, I don't, I didn't really know what to do the first time it happened. I was like, I, is that, I, that, it's just not, and I've definitely said something about it. It's just been like, okay, so this is how I, I view this. Like, that's cool. But I get, you know, for some people it's been like, they're trying to show me that they can hustle or they are hustling or whatever it is. And I'm just like, that's not what I'm, that doesn't do anything for me. No, thank you. But it's, it's that it's people be like, oh, 
they're they're going to look like they're really busy or they're going to look like they're really interested in something or like or they're just bored mm. and it's so obvious now in the past you used to just kind of be like okay well i'm just you know going to look at this painting on the wall because i'm kind of bored and now it's like somebody picks up their phone and engage, literally starts a conversation with somebody else yeah yeah, it's full on. It's really full on. And that I think is what um that's what I mean by it's it's happening so fast that we almost haven't gotten a chance to say, "Oh, look, our relationship's changing." It's just like it changed and then we have to change it back in mindfully yes. because it just happened so fast. And so, you know, sometimes even with with Jaden and me, sometimes if one of us is talking and the other one's on our phone, we'll just go We'll just stop and then we'll just say, I'll wait. And usually the other person goes, oh, sorry, sorry. And then it's like you put down your phone because it's not like we're meaning to be like, I don't care about you. I care more about this piece of plastic. <laughs> um, it's just that it it's like this brainwave of of some, some sort of addiction that happens. And yeah. suddenly I am not fully present to what someone's saying to me in real life right in front of my face. And so if one of us goes, I'm just going to wait. Then it's always a wake up call of like, oh shit, this yeah. is not actually how I want my life to look. Right. But that is something that I I wonder if for kids and I'm, I'd be curious if you have. I know your kiddos are still young, but do you have any any sort of like device rules for them? Do they do they have we, iPads or anything? I, no, I mean they. I'll let them play with my iPad that's literally eight years old. Like it's gone on gazelle to see what it'd be worth. And they were like, we're, we're not going to, we would no charge you if you <laughs> sent it in to us. Um, so they have like that old, it doesn't download any of the new games. It has all the old stuff, but it's fine right now. Snake I'm not it. totally opposed to technology for kids. I, I don't have a, I just in general, it's not a giant part of my life. So it's therefore not a giant part of their lives. Um, I, and I also, because I'm co-parenting, don't have them 100% of the time. So the time that I'm with them, I'm like, I want to make sure that they're getting exposed to the things that I want them to remember from my parenting. So, you know, I have to be more intentional about that time. That's not, that doesn't always happen. There's definitely times where I'm just, I need to be a lazy parent because I'm focusing on other things because I have to, you know, I've just gotten back from a trip. I have to go to work in the morning or I have to prepare an audition or whatever it is. And I'm not at my full parenting, but I think, you know, the, the sort of silver lining of, of being in a co-parenting situation is that I do have the opportunity to be more present with them when I'm with them and to be more intentional about my time. So, so we don't do a lot of, a lot of technology because then, then I'm not connecting with them. Mm. That's awesome. I love that you do that. Um, but I, I think as well, I am curious to see, um, if we as a culture start to implement some sort of education along with technology of kind of like here's to parents, here's the age your kids should get a phone or here's the age that your kids should have access to. I I mean, I hope so. But then even then it's still going to be subjective and you're still going to have people being like, no, it's going to happen at this. I mean, it's a, it's a dicey thing, but really it's like anything, like it's anything external. It's a relationship. It's a reflection. You know what I mean? And so Mm. it's, you have to teach them how to I don't, I don't know if we're, it's two different things talking about adults or talking about kids and how you, how you parent from that standpoint. But like as an adult and when your kids get to adult age, you have to choose what you want that relationship to be, what you want your relationship to money to be, what you want your relationship to food to be. Like you, there's, there's an intentionality around all of that, mm-hmm. that, that is part of the responsibility of going into adulthood. 
And um, I noticed for me, one of the things I find if I'm getting sucked into my phone, like if I'm, what if I keep going back to it, I'm, I stop and I question, I'm like, what is going on with me right now? Because it's, because it is an addiction. It can be a, a great tool, but it can be an addiction. And so I have to, I just use that as a sort of like, as a, um, a, a, a trigger to go, what's happening? Mm. Why, why do I feel the need to keep coming back? Am I feeling lonely? Am I feeling bored? Am I feeling unsatisfied? Like, why am I into my, this inanimate object? You know, Man. there's some, definitely times where you need to be involved with it because you're handling business or because there's like, I'm, I, I have to handle this one task, but that's different from, we all know it. We all know that like when I'm showing up on Facebook and just scrolling or on Instagram or whatever it is and just like looking at everybody's stuff or you just fall down the rabbit hole. And usually for me, unless I've done that intentionally, unless I'm going, I'm going to spend 20 minutes just seeing what's going around online. If I'm 20 minutes in and I'm like half awake, I'm like, what's, what's actually going on with me? How much of your life do you think is online versus offline? Do you have any sort of idea of what the ratio is? Cause I know we've, we've just been talking all about how much of your past few years hasn't been online. Oh so, yeah. Like 90% is offline. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And that's actually been, been a challenge in my, in my job. Like people expect me to be able to respond to certain things or to, I need this, that, or the other, or why haven't you emailed me back? And I'm like, cause I'm not at my computer. I won't be at my computer until Friday, you know? And it's literally, it's literally like that. And that is, that works better for me. Like I've gone through having run a web-based business. I went through, you know, two years where I was at my computer all the time and it wasn't for me. It was, I, I, I didn't thrive that way. And, um, I am really appreciative that there are people who can do that and who want to do that because like I freaking rely on them to help me run my business. But it, it, but it's just, it's not, uh, it doesn't help. It's not that great for me. Hmm. So, but it is a challenge because so much of the rest of the world is connected and people like are used to getting a response right away. And sometimes that just won't be a, a possibility for me. I'm like, I don't have that information until I get at my computer. Yeah. Well, and it's not like when you're filming Something no, you can't yeah. just be like, just a minute, let me grab my phone. <laughs> um, do you, so you're happy with th- that ratio? Yeah. I think the one thing is like, I can't keep like my photos as organized as I would like to, but I'm also like, that's okay with where I'm at in life. That's a small, you know, it's kind of silly. It's like, well, okay, well if you need oh, to hire a photographer, just call me. I do just... actually, I meant, I meant, need to talk to you tonight about shooting photos of the kids for Christmas. Oh, so fun. Well, you always are like the best at Christmas cards. I love that. You're always, I'm like, oh my goodness. In my entire life, I've never sent a Christmas card. So I'm weirdly obsessed with them. Like I don't, I love getting other people's Christmas cards, pictures of their kids. Like I, this picture of your dog, like whatever it is. I just, I don't know. There's something, it goes back to me being a romantic, I think. I don't know. That's so good though. I just think it is, it's the, the part of me that's too efficiency focused. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's completely exhausting and silly. And I think that's a really good decision. Every, every year that I do it, I'm like, why am I doing this? It's a waste of paper. It's (laughs) like, I, it takes so much time. I, but I still feel weirdly compelled. Give me another year. Maybe I'll give it up entirely and just enjoy other people. I would miss it. If Christmas came and went and I didn't get an autumn Christmas card, (laughs) I would be so mad. (laughs) Christmas didn't happen. No, it w- I would be mad. But I think my, your romantic personality, Christmas cards are perfect for you. And for me, my like efficiency and what's like literal and logical and practical, I just go, I can cut that corner. <laughs> 
But it's And sad. yet, I think if you did a Christmas card, you would send out the most amazing Christmas card. There'd be some pink glitter. There would be some palm trees in the background. And you and Jaden would be wearing, like, some amazing costumes. Like, I want that Christmas card on my wall. Now Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you have to do a Christmas card. All right. Okay. So I can well, put it in the center gonna, of my... I will think about it. I will think about it. I mean, it's already... You know, the Christmas is like two hours away. So exactly. I'll oh. see what we can do. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so so as you know, I I mentioned that I am so freaking honored that I'm I'm being sponsored by Cat Footwear for my very first Yay. season of this podcast, which makes me so stoked. Um, and one of the things that Cat as as a company and I both really share in um in our our values is being really bold when it comes to creativity. So as you get, as you get kind of like in a totally new season of being creative and as you're talking about producing and all these new things that are coming, do you, do you have your sort of bold creative dream lined out or, or is that outlined or is that something that you kind of like let it happen as it happens and then and then it kind of happens and you're like, oh, this is this is actually awesome. Does that make sense? Like, do you yeah. have like, I guess the best way to, to say that is like, do you have your bold, creative, wild dream five year plan mm. or is it more spontaneous than that? I used to be a person who was very, very focused on here's what I'm going to do. Here's when it's going to happen, you know, creating the whole outline and that. I really had to let that go when my marriage imploded because I was like, oh, okay, so everything that I planned is now completely different. And that's ended up being a really beautiful gift because there's been other things that have come into my life that are better than what I could have imagined, you know? So I think it's a balance of two, of both, of going, here are some dreams that I have that I would like to see manifest. These were something better, mm. you know? Like leaving it open for the universe to come in and for life to shift and and for you to get re-inspired by something else. Um, I, so it's a co- it's a combination of both. I have a general idea of... I mean, I know I'm a storyteller. So for me, in whatever capacity I'm going to be storytelling, whether that's as an actor or whether it's writing a story, whether it's bringing stories to the screen and on a production side, whether it's directing, I will be honored to, to be gifted any of that. And to just stay open to whatever comes into my path. And then this is the challenge for me right now, checking in. And this is something I feel like you're always really good at this, like checking in with your body and your gut to know if it's right for you. Mm. Um, that's what I've really been working on this last year is like learning to trust myself in that way. Cause I haven't always done that. And I'm always like, I look to you as somebody who's, who's really good at that and who inspires me. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and the idea of like divine timing has helped me a lot too of just, you know, which, which I think can again be the difficult thing. Cause some people like sit back and go like, I'm waiting for divine timing. And it's like, you, no, you, that's not how it works. No. no, but, um, but just trusting every, you know, step of the way I mean, you can feel when something's not right. Like I've tried to get projects off the ground that I'm like, this is the number of setbacks that have happened are, this is just not the time. And then there's other stuff that has started to manifest almost without me even, like I set my intention to produce earlier this year. And there were within two months, like seven projects in my lap that 
it was like, it was like the universe just going like, yep, this is the right step. And then it, you know, it didn't all happen right away. It was another long period of time before that actually came to fruition, but it was just trusting that of going like, I know this is something I want to move into, you know, storytelling from, from a, a, a place where I have a little bit more of a voice with it. And then I'm going to let the universe like show me how that's going to happen. And it's felt like that with your podcast where it's just like the second you told me about this, I was like, yes, this is, yeah. And it's all just like happened really quickly. Yeah, kind of. It looks like that from the outside, but also from the inside, we know the truth. What's one thing you have in common with every human? I mean, there's sort of like two different levels to that. One, I think we all came from the same place. We're all going to the same place, period. Like, I don't think there's any sort of hierarchy or anything. I think we're all one. Like, whatever energy is moving everything here on the planet, I think it's all one and the same. So, therefore, I'm you, you're me. We're, we're all the same. So, that's that on sort of a meta level, but on a, um, on a like very earthly level, like what am I going to be able to have in common with somebody sit me down at a dinner table with anybody? Um, I think that's the one, that's what you do when you try and connect, you try and find what is the point of connection? Where is the place that we relate? Where is, and you know, every human being goes through pain Mm. and not everybody's willing to, to talk about it, to meet there. But I think if, if you can, if you can find a place to see how the the person across from you has suffered, you know suffering too. And that's a place. And you know love and you know joy, at least somewhere, something that has moved your soul. Um, those sort of extremes of, of emotion, we all experience them. It can be hard to figure out what is the door to walk through to talk about that with another person. And some people, you know, a lot of us are not willing to, to talk about that and need a lot of trust and conversation before we're willing to meet there. But I think that always is a point of connection. And knowing that, like you can't help but love the person sitting across from you. Mm. I want to sit with that one for a second. What does your self-care practice look like? How do you relax and unwind and show up for yourself? That's such a good question because I think there's so many different forms of self-care depending on what's going on in your life at any given moment. I would say like my, my go-to is I need to work out like I just for my brain, not even just for my body. Like it, it's, it's always, I put that on my calendar. First thing when I'm working and working really long hours, it's like, I will sacrifice a lot of other stuff to, to fit that in. You know, it's not, I don't need to do it every day. I would love to be able to, but that's not really realistic given my life. Um, but I need to do it a few times a week just to like stay sane. Um, I really love to go to dance class in particular. That for me is the workout. It's like everything in one. It's mind, body, art, like it's, it's expression and I sweat a lot and um, it's really challenging too. So it sort of like gives my brain something to focus on so I can not listen to it for a little bit longer. <laughs> totally. That's amazing. Are there any others? I mean, meditation, which, which we talked about a little bit, but it's that that's only something I've added like t- as of two, let me see, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, 
that's my that is my go-to if I'm feeling off I'm like okay well it's because I haven't been meditating and let me go back to that and it's one of those things you don't immediately see the benefits from which is why it's really easy to drop because people go great okay well I sat there for five minutes and like my voice my voice in my head just talked to me and I did it all wrong <laughs> and then they never want to do it again right uh-huh. but it's it's a cumulative thing it really I don't think I really saw I, I, I had a really good a couple really cool experiences when I started. And so it was enough to keep me going, but I didn't really see benefits for like three, four months. Mm. And then I stopped doing it and I felt the difference. And I was like, oh, it's actually doing something. (laughs) Yeah. And three or four months is ironically about the same amount of time that it takes to strengthen a muscle. So maybe there's a connection there. So what do you use when you meditate? I do Ananda. It's an, I mean, I've tried, I feel like, every app that's out there. And that's my favorite one because there's a lot of different um, – there's just different meditations to choose from. You can mix and match the music with the meditation depending on what feeling you're in. I've got my kids into it. They love it because they can – I do it for them before they go to bed. And so one of them gets to pick the music and the other one gets to pick the meditation. And there's photos that go along with each of it. So they just pick based on the photo. And they love it. And it's I, I, it's it's just a fun app to use. So that's how I ended up with that one. Oh, my gosh. You're such a cool mom. I think your boys are so lucky to have you. Thank you so much for being here and for chatting and spending your weekend with me. It's um, It's been a really rad chat. So I'm so grateful you've been here. Thank you. Thank you for spending your Saturday night with me. You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?